Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Funny like a good movie. Have you ever noticed that some of the best movies that we so enjoy are movies that revolve around the, the subject of second chances? Have you ever noticed that? Some of the best movies that you love revolve around this idea of having a second chance. And, and I'm going to give you a couple. Now, I'm going to date myself, obviously, here. But uh, anybody heard Sleepless in Seattle? I mean, people just love that. You know, obviously, the Rocky stories. Uh, there is the Titanic, Goodwill Hunting, Forrest Gump. Come on, how many of you loved a good Forrest Gump story? Have some shrimp gumbo and... Bubba Gump Shrimp. Yep, there you go. And so again, it's always about having a second chance. And one of the things that we so love about this idea or premise of second chances is especially when people fall in love. They have a second chance to have it all over again, right? And for whatever reason, this idea of having second chances really starts on early in life. I begin to see that with my kids. You know, you'll be having them play in the other room and maybe they're playing the video games and so one's playing the video game and you say, okay, when your turn's done, you make sure that you give it to the other kid so that they can have a turn. But you know, they don't necessarily always like the way that they played the game and so the end of the game comes and it says game over and what do they say? Just give me one more chance. One more turn, right? No, it's not your turn. Oh, come on, just give me one more chance. Isn't that what they say? Or in my house, sometimes, you know, depending on uh, how severe uh, they've been bad or how severe the punishment comes, they say what? Oh, just one more chance, Dad. Just give me one more chance, Dad. Please, please, give me one more chance. As a golfer, the whole premise of one more chance is always there. You know, like I said, I, I, I enjoy playing golf and many times we'll get into scrambles and scrambles is where oftentimes it's a, like a fundraiser. You're paying into it and uh, you're trying to raise money for a cause, but you put a team together and you're looking to win. But to help you win or have odds of winning, what they'll do is they'll entice you to spend money on the front end. And what they'll do is they say, we'll sell you some mulligans. And if you don't know what a mulligan, a mulligan is, a mulligan is really just a second shot. And so what they'll do is they'll sell you a mulligan for five bucks and it's just an opportunity to raise more money. But I mean, you can have a fistful of mulligans and just keep swinging away until you find a shot that you like, right? It's, it's getting another chance. And here's one of the things that I found in golf. You know, when I'm stepping up to the ball and I hit the golf ball, I'm like, man, that was just a horrible shot. And so I'm like, hey, listen, I'm going to play that ball. I just want to hit, hit another one because I know that I can. And sure enough, I'll get up there and hit the second ball and put it right where I want. How many of you know that when there is no pressure, the second shot always goes where you want, right? But again, everybody likes this idea. And it seems as though that it's almost instinctive for us as people to want to have a redo. If I could do it again, I'd get it right. If I only had one more chance, I could do it better. So today I want to talk to us about the God of second chances. I want to talk to us about the God of second chances. And I don't know if you've ever felt like a failure in, the, failure in your life. 
And if you've ever felt like a failure, feel like you've messed up, feel like you just haven't amounted to what you wanted to, then you're in good company. I said, you're in good company. Because how many of us, of us have asked God, will you just give me one more chance, God? Come on, I know nobody in here has ever bartered with God. God, just give me one more chance, please. Just give me one more chance. And so for just a minute, I want us just to daydream. What would that second chance look like? If you had the opportunity to have a second chance, what would it look like? Now listen, you might be thinking right now, if if I had a second chance, I would trade him or her in for a younger model. (laughs) We're not talking about that kind of second chance. You already made the choice. You're stuck with them, all right? Or you might be saying, man, if I had another second chance, I'd have like three less kids. <laughs> no, you've already got your kids, and so you're stuck with them. But I'm talking about just maybe those things in life where maybe you would have took a right instead of a left. Maybe you'd have made this choice rather than that choice. Maybe you know that in hindsight, had you done that or had you followed the prompting of the scratching on the inside, you know that the outcome would be different. How many of you can say, I can daydream and I can know that there would be a different outcome? Just about every Bible story that we see is a story about second chances. And how many of you know that God always used the most unlikely characters to do big things? And if you haven't noticed it, God always calls the unqualified. And he qualifies them. It's not the qualified that gets called. It's the unqualified. It's not the one that has all the pedigree. It's the ones that God knows that he can use. And God will always use individuals that somehow have a bad backdrop story. But God can use them in big ways. Now for all of us that are here, again, we can relate to that premise of, man, if I just had another chance, if I had a second chance... But I want to submit to you this morning that even though you might be waiting for the second chance, the second chance may be waiting on you. I said, you might be the one waiting for the second chance, thinking, God, if I only had it to do over, or I'm waiting for that opportunity to come so I can reset the clock and we, be, we can begin again, we can start over, we can have a second chance, but you just might... Find out that your second chance is waiting on you. And so as you begin to reflect what that second chance might look like, I want you to again answer this question as, what does that second second chance impact? Does it impact you? What's the payoff for the second chance? Who does it affect if you were to actually get a second chance? God is the God of second chances. But the thing about God's heart is that everything about God's heart is about people. Every second chance is a chance to affect people's lives. And you are people, right? And so when God's looking at you and you're saying, God, I want a second chance, God looks beyond just you and he sees people's lives being changed. You may say, well, I want the second chance to be about me. But do you realize you're people? 
And so second chances always have an opportunity to affect you. But once again, God goes beyond just what he sees in you. And he desires to see people. And see people's lives changed. And especially in the hour in the day in which we're living. The hour in which the church is living and the hour in which we exist. God is wanting to give people second chances. Did you know that you are the cream of the crop? You are the best. You have. You are the the people that God has been waiting for. For centuries. I know things look real bad. We look at our government. We look at things that have been signed into legislation. And we always say. Man it's getting worse. God's disappearing from our culture. We're a godless society. People need God. And it's not by chance that you live in this time and this hour. I think I've shared it before, but, you know, my dad, he was, he was a, a runner. And uh, his stake to claim, he always tells me, was the 440. And set some kind of record. I don't know if the record still holds. Probably the way people are nowadays. It's probably broken many years ago. But, you know, he had that record hanging up on the wall of the 440. But then when it comes to the 440 dash, or the, not the 440 dash, the, the, the 440 relay, or any relay for that man, matter... It's a team that runs the race together. Well, your anchor person is always the person that has a good, good, strong start and gets you out there out front. And then the second person is a person that's a little bit more of a one that's not quite so fast. And so you're, you're, you're more weak, weaker runner of the bunch is second. Then you have a strong third, but then you have a strong anchor. And the anchor is the best and the fastest to bring home the prize and bring the baton across the finish line. And I use that example because we are at the end of the race and you are God's best. Come on, do you see yourself that way? You might see yourself through all the things that you wish you had a second chance for, but all those things that you went through built character, made you who you are and gave you a testimony through all the tests that you went through. Rather than living life being a victim, God can use it for you to be a victor and be victorious and help people have second chances through all the things that you went through. You are the cream of the crop and God needs you. And he desires people to recognize that they need him. We as people, we as a church, we need him. And we've got to recognize that. But he also needs us, you and me, to be people that will help people understand that they need him. People need Jesus. Amen? Amen. There was a song years ago. Some of you might remember this. Again, it was back in the 80s. But it was called, People Need the Lord. Anybody remember that song? I think it was uh, Steve Green that sang the song. But people need the Lord. And you're the ones that give your lives to see that come to pass. Concerning just stories or just this premise of second chances... I want to bring to your attention, and I want us to look at the story of Jonah. Anybody ever remember the story of Jonah? I think so oftentimes when we read these stories through the Bible, we oftentimes look at them as fairy tales or just another good fantasy. And your recollection of Jonah might be simply of the man that got swallowed by the whale. But there's a whole lot that's going on in the midst of the story of Jonah. And so if you're not really... 
familiar with the story of Jonah, the Bible tells us that God had a heart to see people have a second chance. And it was the people of Nineveh. And the people of Nineveh, they were just unrepentant towards God. They were not living the way that God desired. And so God told Jonah, he says, I want you to go down to Nineveh and I want you to preach salvation to them because I desire for their hearts to repent so that I can love them and that they can be my people. How many of you know that it's real easy for God to bless you, but when he wants to bless somebody else, it's easy to get kind of disgruntled about that, right? You know what I'm talking about? God, sure, be nice if you bless me. But you're going to bless them. Look at how they've acted. Look at what they've done. Look at their life. And you're giving them a second chance. Jonah disliked it so much that he disobeyed God. And he actually ran the other direction. The Bible says that he got in a ship and he began to sail toward Joppa. And in the midst of him running and going the opposite direction, disobeying God... The Bible says that on the midst or in the midst of that ship on the water, a great storm arose. And it was so violent that it was sure to destroy the ship and destroy everyone's life on it. And so Jonah, he began to plead with him. He says, I know why this is going. He says, this is because of me. I've disobeyed God. He says, you got to throw me overboard. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. They tried everything to, to, to resolve the, just the, the, the problem at hand. But finally, they said, okay, we're going to throw you overboard. And they threw him over ship or over the side of the ship. And in the midst of him going overboard, immediately the storm ceased. So he solved one issue, but now he's out in the middle of the water, treading water with no hope in sight. And the Bible says that God sent a great fish and swallowed them up. In the midst of the belly of the fish, in fact, Jesus said it was a whale. The Bible says that he confessed his disobedience. And after three days, the Bible says that this great fish, this whale, took him up to the shore. Actually took him over to where Nineveh was and vomited him up up on dry land. I mean, can you imagine I mean, it takes a big whale eating you for you to come to a place of repentance. So he goes to to Nineveh. He goes to where the people are. And he obeys and does what God says he was supposed to do in the first place. He ministers the heart and the love of God. He ministers to them salvation. He ministers to them about God's forgiveness. And the Bible says that the people repented and got their hearts right with God. And the Bible says that God had mercy on them. And this just ticked Jonah off. He said, I can't believe it. God, I wanted you to take care of them. I wanted you to punish them. But here you extended mercy. I'll be the first to tell you that as a pastor, there's times that I see things within my city, within my nation. And it just really irritates you, doesn't it? It's like, God, get them. Get them, God. I'm tired of this stuff. Change it. Strike them dead now. I don't care. Right? Come on. Don't tell me I'm the only one that's ever felt that way. You know, you think, God, do something. Get them out of the way. Come on. I know you're, you're, you're... You've been that way. In fact, I was just driving down to Bible college the other day. And uh, as I'm driving down the fast lane... Uh, 
somebody's going like 65 miles an hour. And, you know, that's just really aggravating. And I wasn't feeling real merciful. And I'm thinking if I had rocket launchers underneath of my truck right now, <laughs> you would no longer be in my way. And so, so I got right behind them, you know, and I'm like, okay, get over. Well, then they eventually got over. But before they got over, we're in the express lane or the fast lane. And she's only doing 65. But by the time she slams on her brakes, we're doing like 35 in, in the fast, fast lane. And then as I pass by, she, she waves at me in a very kind way. It was a very familiar gesture that some of you might be familiar with. It wasn't a wave like this. It was a different kind of wave. The point is this, is that I wasn't feeling real merciful. And I'm a pastor. So I get what Jonah was feeling. Like, God, I can't believe that in their stupidity, you're still going to show them mercy. And the Bible says that he went up on the top of the mountain and just pouted. God, I can't believe this. Now, here just to show you the mercy of God, the Bible says that God caused there to be a gourd, like a squash, to begin to grow. And he grew it so large because it was hot. He's sitting out there on the mountain in the, in the sun and in the heat, feeling sorry for himself, that God grows up a gourd right next to him, supernaturally so big that the gourd gives him shade from the sun. I mean, you talk about the story of, what is it, Peter and the peach? What's that? Is that the one? James. James and the peach? Is that what it is? Yeah. It was, I mean, just right out of the Bible. And then the Bible says that the gourd withered up. And Jonah was more upset about the gourd withering than all those people that were going to hell. Come on, does anybody relate what I'm talking about? He wanted to use Jonah for the sake of giving people a second chance. The big picture is, is that many times the reason that you and I need second chances is because we just simply disobey God. If we can reflect back on life and say, okay, I can remember it. At that point in my life, I should have took a right, but I took a left. God is ever trying to help lead us the right way. And all through the courses of our, of our life, he is trying to help us get to the highest and the best place so that we can experience him to the full. But through life, our life has gotten us through the choices that we've made. And if we don't like the scenery that we're seeing, then oftentimes it's because of a life that we've lived as a result of disobedience. But God is the God of second chances. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 23 says this. It says, the fear of the Lord leads to life. And he who has it is able, it abides in, in satisfaction. He will not visit, be visited with evil. Those that fear the Lord will be led to life. What's that mean? Honoring God. Putting God first. Seeking God. The moment that we repent and turn to God, the storms calm. You might be going through some things right now. The things that you're facing, the things that you're experiencing, the storms of life, the turbulence that you're facing, it may just very well be it's because of decisions of disobedience. But just as we saw with Jonah, the moment that he repented, the storm calmed. You say, well, yeah, but I still feel the results of that. Well, so did Jonah. The storm ceased, but he's out in the middle of nowhere. 
sure to drown. But in the midst of where he's at, God supernaturally, the God that can do anything, sends a big fish to eat him. And you're thinking, well, that's all she wrote. But no, the plan was, is that three days later, he would vomit him up on the shore, right where he needed to be. And Jesus related that. He said, just as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days, so shall I be in the belly of the earth for three days. What's he saying? Somebody always has the opportunity to have a second chance. Jesus himself brought second chances to somebody else. Amen? God could do anything. He could have brought another boat. But he sent a great fish. I think so oftentimes we are looking to such small things for God just to bail us out. God's not looking just to bail you out. He's looking to redeem you. He's looking to give you a second chance that's just not a do-over, but it's a brand new start. Do you realize the whole salvation experience says the old man died and you became a brand new species of being, one that has not yet existed? That's the very heart of God. To give you a redo, start over, second chance, so that your life can begin as though it never was touched by all the other damage. And whatever else was there, it's just simply a testimony of the things that you've went through. Have you ever looked at one of those pictures that you have to look through it in order to see what's in there? For whatever reason, I could never do that. Just couldn't train my eyes. But do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a big collage of just nothing. But then if you refocus your eyes and you look through it, the picture comes in the clarity. Or maybe another way of, of saying that, maybe you've been looking out the window, but because of the way that the sun was shining, as you was looking out the window, what you actually saw was your reflection in the window. You know what I'm saying? In fact, you were intending to look beyond, but because of the glare, all you see is your face reflecting back at you. But nevertheless, if you'll purpose to look beyond your reflection, you can still see through the window as to what's out there. And that's what we often do as people when we're saying, God, give me a second chance. It's always about us. It's always about me. It's always about what benefits me. But God says, listen, I'm going to give you a second chance, but don't just look at what you see right on the surface. Look beyond because what's on the other side are people that need second chances. Do you realize that God gave Jonah a second chance? But the whole reason that God gave Jonah a second chance was because other people need second chances. Did you hear me? You might be waiting on your second chance, but your second chance might be waiting on you. Because your second chance is not all about you. Your second chance is about somebody else's second chance. And God needs you to see beyond you. Because he needs you. When we look at Nineveh, a whole city had a second chance because of one man's second chance. As we said already, God brought forth a gourd. It was so large 
<laughs> it was so large that it gave Jonah shade. And he was worried about the gourd more than he was the people. And that's all we really know about the story. That's how it finishes. That's how it concludes. He was all bummed out because the gourd died. And we don't know what happened to Jonah after that. So we have an opportunity of rewriting the story. We see that God is a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances. So maybe because of the mercy of God and what God or what he saw God do, maybe he repented himself and still walked with God and still was used by God. Or maybe he just got hard hearted and chose just to pout the rest of his life. For you and I, God wants to give us second chances. But are you sitting up on your mountaintop, pouting about the past, pouting about where you're at? Or will you allow God to expand your vision to see beyond where you're at? What's your story? How will your story end? Because God wants to rewrite the story and give you a second chance that impacts people's lives. All of our lives intersect somewhere. And just as I said, we could feel sorry for ourselves. We could be angry about the past, about the family. But do you realize that nothing about your life is by chance? You could say, well, if I was born in that family, things would have been a whole lot better. But do you realize that in God's foreknowledge, he knew that you would walk with God and he needs you. He needed you to be the second chance for that family. You might say, man, I'm here in Flint. Couldn't I be anywhere else but Flint? Is there anything good in Flint? Do you think that God didn't know that you would end up in Flint? Why did you end up here? Because he knew that you would be somebody that would serve him and he could use you to bring a second chance to somebody else. How many of you can remember a life before Christ? Anybody remember? Has it been that far back that you don't remember? You can remember. Can you remember some of the people that you ran with? Can you remember some of the trouble that you got into? Can you remember some of the things that you did? And you think, dear God, did I really do those things? And you think, how in the world did I ever end up in some of those scenarios? Or how did I have some of those friends in my life? Or how is it that I'm here? God knew it before you were ever born. God knew that you would have some of those relationships Is it for you to be pulled back into some of those old lifestyles? No, it's simply for you to be a vessel to to go and give them a second chance. To love on them. Because they need a second chance themselves. And it might be just that you are getting a second chance with them. Amen? In fact, just this morning, somebody said to me, there are some things that had went on in their past years ago. And God just gave them an opportunity to make that right. How many of you going back into the past and making some things right isn't always easy? It's real easy just to say, well, it's forgotten about. We've moved past it. They've forgiven me. Everything's good. 
Well, what about going back and making things right? Maybe with the spouse, the children, a friend, a family member. Just going back, cleaning the slate. Are you here this morning? It might have been their fault. It might have been just your attitude. And so therefore, you going back and saying, will you forgive me? I forgive you. It can be the second chance that they needed. They may be the very one that says, God, my past has prevented me from ever knowing you or spending eternity with you. You just don't know all the things that I did. You are a conduit for somebody's second chance. That's why we're here, folks. Life is too short to live just in the moment saying, God, what about me? God wants to give us all second chances. And as I said, when it comes to the movies and the stories of second chances, the best ones are the love stories, right? Jesus and you are the greatest love story there ever was. And he's just looking to find somebody else to love and be loved by him. Amen. That's purpose to be people that give second chances. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. In Luke's gospel, the Bible says, Give and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Running over shall men pour into your life. The context of the scripture is speaking of judging somebody. So in context, if you judge somebody, judgment's coming back to you. Not talking about inspecting fruit. God's called us all to be fruit inspectors. So that we can help somebody be fruitful in their life and lead them to Jesus. But if Jesus said an act of judgment brings judgment back to you, then an act of forgiveness brings forgiveness back to you. An act of mercy brings mercy back to you. An act of reaching out and helping somebody experience a second chance with God, with you, gives you the empowerment to have second chances with God and with yourself. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you might be thinking of some things right now, things that were said, things that were done, arguments of the past, things that you've been living as though it was yesterday and it was 20 years ago. Will you let that go? Will you be free from the past? Give that person a second chance. And you step into a second chance yourself of a new life. Come on. Have you wronged somebody? Have you stolen from them? Have you talked about them? You can make it right. 
first, you can make it right with God and say, God, forgive me, I repent. Forgive me for being disobedient. God, we so desire to want to live this life in being free. For everything that you came to give us was a life of quality and quantity. And only through your mercy can we experience it. So God, help us help others experience that same mercy. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person in this place. That God, if they've been haunted with the past, if they've been haunted with experiences, relationships, arguments. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that the love of God, the mercy and the forgiveness of God wipes it away, makes it clean, brand new slate. God, the power of your blood has the ability to erase all the pain, all the hurt, and God, even the memories of those things. So God, we surrender to you. And God, we ask you that you would use us, use us to reach people. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life